Hello again, friends. It's great to be with you today for another episode of the In Focus podcast, taking another fresh look at the Bible and some big Christian ideas, how they bring our world into focus and empower us to live a more eternal kind of life within it. I'm your host, Justin Laughlin, follower of Jesus Christ, husband, dad, pastor, adjunct professor, and avid reader of anyone I can find who helps bring this world and our place in it into better focus. For whatever it's worth, I've also picked up a few degrees along the way in ministry and theology and such things, in my own effort to continue learning and growing and figuring out how to live faithfully before God. Today, we're headed back into the early chapters of Joshua for a third snapshot of people entering into God's promises. In the first episode of this series, we saw how God began speaking with a series of you and I statements that revealed a beautiful dynamic of God's action and the people's participation in what God was doing on their behalf. Soon after that, uh, God gave instruction for the people to leave some distance between themselves and God's presence as they approached his promised land so that they could watch, wait, and then walk out God's specific path for them because they had never been that way before. And that was in our second episode of the series. Uh, Each of these, I think, provided some nice insight as to how we can enter into the promises of God that so many of us hold in our hearts. Uh, things that God has spoken that have shaped our lives and identities, but maybe that we have not yet lived into. And today we're jumping back into the story as the people actually cross over from the life they had known into the promises of God and the new life that they had previous, previously only dreamed about and imagined from a distance. Once again, their story is our story. So let's dive in to see how uh, this story unfolds so we can learn from them and discern the kind of people we want to be living into God's promises. Let's jump in at chapter 3, verse 14. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people... And as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the brink of the water, the waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan. And those flowing down toward the sea of Arabah, the salt sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan River, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. And when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from Here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe, and Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon your shoulder." according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? 
Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan River, according to the number of the tribes of the people, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. So, there you have it. Um, And I want to go back over that passage, which was a little bit lengthy, and note some of the details that really jump out at me. I could probably spend a lot of time dwelling on each of these details and uh, giving a little bit of room for God to speak and inspire and awaken some things surrounding each of them. And incidentally, uh, if things were stirred in you as we looked at that passage, I would definitely encourage you to circle back around at a later time, uh, reread it quietly and reflectively, and with one ear open towards God to see if He might have some things to say to you about your own life and your own journey and your own entry into His promises. Uh, But for now, here are some striking observations that uh, stuck out to me. Uh, First, when the priests came to the water, they actually had to step in and Uh, A previous verse in chapter 3 says they put the soles of their feet into the water. So they had to step into the water with God for the water to stop. That's one part. And, and the ands are always important, it was actually God working 20 miles upstream and out of sight where the miracle was taking place and the water was stopped and uh, heaping up as Joshua Um, comments. So what a beautiful and awesome picture this is, and what a comfort to know that even when we can't see a way forward, even when there's a river in the way, God might just then be working upstream and out of sight on our behalf at just the right time, so that when we step into the water, the water will dry up for us to cross over into what lies ahead of us in the Lord. So God is with us as we step in, and God is working ahead of us upstream on our behalf. I really like that. That's a pretty cool and. Uh, also, we see the bit about the 12 stones. Um, so they the people piled up 12 stones right in the middle of the river as a standing monument and reminder that this is where we stood on dry ground and crossed over uh, this flowing river. And then they also took the 12 stones uh, to where they rested in the promised land that first night in order to, again, commemorate and remember and say, this is our place in God. This is our promise This is our new life. This is where God brought us through and delivered on his promises. It's, again, uh, a pretty cool statement and uh, very picturesque for those of you who genuinely feel like a picture is worth a thousand words. Those 12 stones are great. 
And then kind of what we see happening in that whole passage is that a new generation of God's people was being set apart as they passed through the waters. So God had done lots of amazing things in the previous generation. Uh, He brought them out of Egypt. They saw all the miracles coming out of Egypt and in the wilderness. But this set these new, this new generation of people apart as God's people. And the crossing of the river and that miracle gave them identity and initiated this new phase of life in him. So again, I really love the story. Uh, Those details really jump out. If anything was kind of resonating or creating a sense of resistance in you, I would definitely encourage you to go back, read it again, Joshua chapter 3, verse 14, through the beginning part of chapter 4, and just do it quietly, humbly, and inviting God to speak to you. So, all right, so for now, moving ahead, what about us? What does this story have to say to us, and how does it inform us about how we can be uh, a people postured and ready to step into God's promises? Number one, we have faith. Uh, Know that God is working upstream, so even when we don't necessarily see what is taking place, and He can make a way for us. So we want to have faith in the full meaning of the word, Um, have faith as in believe and trust, Uh, believe and trust that God is working on your behalf, even when you can't see And God can do for you what you cannot do for yourself. If there's a river to cross, you can't manage it without drowning. You're going to have to trust and believe that God can do it, and He is capable and will do it when He wants and when you are ready and when He wants you to cross over. Uh, That's one side of the faithfulness thing. Also, have faith as in acting in good faith and being faithful. So, As God leads, step into the river, step into the water, approach that barrier between you and him in faith and having been faithful and taking action as God leads. Be part of what God is doing on your behalf. That's his plan. He chooses often and most of the time, as we see in biblical stories, to work with people. Uh, So, have faith, believe and trust, have faith, be faithful, and act in good faith before God. Uh, Second, along with having faith, take it with you. Remember what God has done in the past. Remember His faithfulness. Don't forget. And as God is acting and working with you and on your behalf and inviting you into what He's doing, take that experience with you. Let it define you as you move forward into whatever lies ahead so that you have in your life, whatever this means to you, those 12 stones that speak to you and your family and your friends, anyone who knows your story and says, God acted with me on my behalf. God has brought me here. God has promises and he's delivered and I'm moving forward. So have faith Number one, number two, take it with you, and number three, repent. Uh, and let's uh, we'll unpack this one a little bit. So, 
crossing over into God's promises set this new generation apart. When they crossed over, life on the other side, the previous side, officially became the past. The people were set apart from the past. Uh, This generation was set apart from previous generations who never had the opportunity to enter into the promised land. And they were set apart from who they used to be. So for a while, they were a people wandering in the wilderness. Then when God moved and they crossed the river, they became a new people living in God's promises. This definitely reminds me of when Jesus came announcing the gospel, the good news, and what did he say? Repent, because God's kingdom is now within reach. Of course, this sounds a lot like where the people were in Joshua. And as we look back to that passage, which is in uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 15, among other places, basically, Jesus was telling people that something new was taking place. Something long anticipated was unfolding. The promise of God was in reach. Things were changing. Circumstances were changing. The world was changing. God's kingdom is now within reach. So, and here comes the repenting part. Whatever you thought your life was all about, you're going to have to rethink things. You're going to have to think differently now. So repent, think differently. And however you were living in response to what you thought your life was all about, however you were living in response to your circumstances, that's changed. So you're going to have to live differently now in response to this new reality, this new work of God, this entry into God's promises, and in the case of Jesus in this verse, uh, the nearness and the reality of God's kingdom. So repenting is this uh, way, way, way more than just feeling a little bit of remorse for for a moral error. Um, I suppose that's in there somewhere, but the much, much bigger picture is we need to be awakened to what God is doing. Because God's kingdom is close, because his promises are at hand, we have to think differently. The world is not as it seemed. And then we have to live differently in response to this new reality in which we find ourselves. So repentance is actually this amazing, beautiful, promising experience. Now, certainly we do need to turn away from old things to go a new way, but this is, this is really good news, and this is pretty amazing stuff. And so there you have it. As a person entering to God's kingdom promises for one, one more pass through this, have faith, trust God, and take the steps he's put before you to take. Act in good faith. So have faith as you go. Take the experience with you. Don't quickly leave it behind. Don't forget Let what God is doing become part of who you are in Jesus Christ. And then third, repent and keep repenting. Keep rethinking the world in light of what God is doing. Keep living in response to his unfolding promises. Keep living in response to this new reality as God's work is unfolding. 
and taking place and his kingdom is coming to bear in your own life and in the lives of the people around you. There you have it. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode. I hope and pray that it has encouraged and inspired you and brought your world into a little better focus and that you'll be one step closer and a little bit better prepared to grab a hold of God's promises for your life and to enter into them. If you are streaming today's episode from a podcast provider like Apple or Google or Spotify or many of the others, it would be great if you take a second to give the show a rating or review. Perhaps you'd even like to become a subscriber. Since the show is new, your, your response and rating will help it to become easier to find for new listeners in the future. If you'd like, you can also share this episode directly with your friends on social media. A link has been provided in the show notes to do just that. If you'd like to hear something specific from the Bible or a particular big Christian idea in the future, please email me using the address that's also included in the show notes. And I'd also love to uh, welcome any feedback that might help me improve the show and would love to hear about any ways the show is impacting you. Uh, Until next time, thanks again for being a friend of the show and for tuning into the In Focus podcast. May your world continue coming into clearer focus and may God lead you into an increasingly eternal kind of life before him.